Hello Gator Nation and welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators, your team every day. I'm your host, Zach Albaverde. What's up, Florida fans? Welcome into the latest edition of Locked On Gators. On today's show, we'll be joined by Corey Bender from GatorsTerritory.com to discuss Florida football recruiting. He and I will break down Sunday's Under Armour camp in Orlando, the Florida commits and targets who competed, as well as some of the news and notes that came out of the camp. Corey and I will also discuss the Tim Brewster effect so far on Florida football recruiting and preview this weekend's Big Junior Day event. Here was my conversation with Corey this week. We're now joined by Corey Bender from GatorsTerritory.com to talk some Florida football recruiting as it was an eventful weekend in Orlando for the Under Armour All-America Camp Series. Some Florida commits were in town, some Florida targets competed, and Corey was there for all of the coverage. He put his 3 to one column out, and we'll have him talk about that and much more. Corey, welcome into Lockdown Gators. How's it going, my friend? Good, Zach. Thanks for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely, man. You were out there... Uh, grinding Sunday, man, watching all those guys working out at the camp series. Some Florida commits that were showing out, particularly Trevante Rucker, you saw him put on the show once again. Talk about the the future Gators that made their way to Orlando and some of the guys that put on the show. Yeah, some of the future Gators were Kamar Wilkinson, you got Javante Gardner, the offensive tackle, and then you got Rashard Smith and Trevante Rucker. And yeah, I'll start with Rucker, man. He's been one of the more consistent performers on the camp circuit to start this offseason. Does a great job of breaking guys off the top of his route. Real slippery, really good footwork, and does a good job of just setting up defenders overall. That was on full display yesterday as well. And as of right now, he's committed to play next year's game. He actually received an invite several months ago. And as of right now, he's verbally committed to play next year's game. He's been adding solid math to his frame, too. Obviously, he'll be playing in the slot for Florida, but now we always kind of knew what he could do with the ball in his hands, and now everything's catching up physically as well. When another one, Brashard Smith, that's a kid I'm very high on. I mean, it just depends. Florida likes him at running back. We have him ranked as a receiver. I actually like him a little bit more as a pure slot. He has really reliable hands. Does a great job of extending out. Has Velcro for hands. That's the best way I like to put it with him. He's going to fill up more of that all-purpose role with the Gators and obviously knowing what Dan Moore likes to do. He likes to spread the ball out. And uh, you got to have those safety valves to get out of the backfield. And Brashard is one of those guys who can really make you take as a receiving option. And a few other guys, too. Yeah, Javante Gardner, he's a kid out of Orlando Jones. When he committed several months ago, a lot of people kind of looked. A lot of people had to kind of look him up. He's kind of been more under the radar. Florida offered him last summer after one of their camps, and they stayed in consistent contact. About 6'5", 325. And that's what he measured into at the camp. I think he's more closer to 6'4". But he has a strong initial punch. I used to drop a little bit of weight, but still, for someone who's 320, he's still somewhat fairly lean. He does. It's really not a really bad, sloppy 320 more raw at this point, but he's a kid, I think, in a couple of years who could be a really good player for the Gators. And then Kamar Wilkinson, obviously he's been in the class. He's, he's been committed twice now. I and mean, with him, man, he's, he's actually measuring at 6'1", 190. I mean, really impressed me. I mean, the, he wants to play cornerback or Florida. That's where Florida says they're going to give him opportunity to start out. I think long-term he might be a safety. I mean, a lot of other schools are pushing for him as well. He has an official business set up with Ohio State, but as of right now, his commitment to Florida is pretty solid, but, you know, he's still probably going to take additional business before it's all said and done. And that commitment from Trevante Rucker, how significant do you feel like that was for the class? And maybe for him, too, making sure that he kind of locks a spot with all the options that Florida has at receiver. 
Yeah, and that's the thing with Florida right now, and obviously along the D-line as well. There's a lot of guys in this class that have Florida at the very top of their list. And there's a good handful of receivers as well. And I think with Trevante, he's committed once before. He he obviously reopens recruitment. But Florida was always near the very top. I mean, I think many people, before even committed, people ask ask you, you know, where you think Trevante's going to end up. A lot of people still would have said Florida. So, like you said, I think it was good he just locked up his spot. I think he knew there's a lot of receivers out there that are really warming up to Florida. And, like I said, no sponsor guaranteed. So, I think with him, he made the right decision. He kind of knew where his heart resided all along. Like I said, he's a kid that does a good job of kind of reaching out to other prospects as well. He's not he's not like a recruiter like some of these other kids like Jaquan Frazier's was. Some of these guys are tweeting every kid, you know, all throughout the week. But he's a kid that's actually recruiting for Florida. I mean, he's a kid, like you say, he's a solid player. And like you said, there was no drama attached to his recruitment. Now it's just good to make it official. And then as far as Kamar is concerned, you mentioned that he has decommitted once. When he did commit to Florida the second time around, I believe he tweeted or said at some point that he was shutting things down. But I know that schools are still coming after him. Did he say anything at the camp Sunday about kind of the status of where things are at with that? Yeah, yeah. So as of right now, I mean, you, when you when talking to him, man, he glows about Florida. He's always talking about, how he, about which prospects. He has several teammates at IMG that have Florida offers, and he's actually recruiting them. And you see him on social media, too always showing a lot of love towards the Gators. And his commitment is very, very solid. But at the same time, he is going to take additional visits. Like I said, this is a kid that's probably going to uh, use up multiple officials. One of them is already scheduled, and that's with Ohio State this summer. Talking to a few Ohio State sources, there's some people up in uh, Columbus that, you know, are pretty – I'm not going to say confident that Ohio State can flip them, but they're definitely feeling fairly good considering, you know, where they're at right now without even getting an official, you know, until the summer. So um, he's going to be one to keep an eye on. I definitely want to keep – even though he's taking additional visits, I'm going to still say his commitment is still very solid. It's one of those instances where he just wants to get out, experience it, and just kind of compare Florida to other schools. But as of right now, I wouldn't be too concerned if I'm a Florida fan. He's always actively recruiting for the Gators, and he wants to be there. Torian Gray is doing a great job of uh, providing that home-like feel throughout the process. And, uh, and the main thing all along has been cornerback or safety with him. I know early on, I know Florida was talking about safety, and I know that wasn't what he really wanted to hear. And that's the case with other schools as well. But, you know, they saw him at IMG not too long ago working at corner, and they were pretty intrigued, especially Torian Gray. So they're going to give him a shot at cornerback, and that has always been key with him. I mean, that's something that's kind of basically solidifies his commitment even more, just knowing who he will have that shot to play cornerback for the Gators. We're speaking with Corey Bender from GatorsTerritory.com. Corey, after your coverage Sunday, you put out your latest 3 to one column where you give three observations from the camp, two questions that you still have, and a commitment prediction, which I know always gets Gator fans riled up. Let's start with your three observations that you had from the camp. What were three things that stood out Sunday uh, at the Under Armour camp in Orlando? Yeah, I think one of them, too, is Desmond Watson. And going back to defensive line, Ford is really filling up along the defensive line, but all these kids that you know are still on the board considering Florida, all these kids are really turning heads on the camp. And the one kid that definitely comes to mind is Desmond Watson. We'll be closer to 400 pounds. I mean, he's a massive kid, about 6'6", about 375, maybe a little bit more than that, uh, but is fairly nimble for a kid that size. I mean, you would think it, with a kid that size, you think he's just going to rely on the bull rush and just overwhelm kids with size. But he has a good swim move. He shows a good rip move as well. He does a good job of dipping his shoulder and has fairly good balance for a kid that size. I've seen him at two camps so far over the last month. He's been absolutely dominant at each of them. Um, and I mean, he's maybe lost me one or two reps of one-on-ones, and that's it. 
he's one of the kids, man, after one of the main observations as far as a kid that continues and just kind of grasp my attention on the camp circuit. Um, and also, too, Travante Rucker and Braceard Smith. Those are two guys, man. I think with Travante Rucker, he's more well-known on the national scene. But with Braceard Smith, man, he's one kid I think that belongs in the 250 before it's all said and done. I think with him, it's just, and we'll talk about him and the two questions we have as well. Where does he fit best? But as far as where he fits in for his offense, he's a perfect fit. I mean, he's dynamic as they come. And I think right now, you know, he's outside of the 250. He's still a four-star prospect. Uh, but he's a guy, I think, in the coming months, as he kind of gets back to Florida and shows people what he can do up in Gainesville, I think he's a guy we can definitely see rise up the rankings. Yeah, those are really the main three right now as far as those two. And then Corey Collier, not really an on-field observation, but as far as what we learned from him is obviously his recruitment. He's going to take official visits to Florida, Georgia, Clemson, and then Oklahoma's thrown in there as well. And the two schools that are mentioned the most with him, every time, each time I ask him about a group of schools was Clemson and Florida. He, he didn't go on record by saying those are the top two schools, but I would say those are the schools probably trending the most in his recruitment. Um, he's going to take his official visits after his senior season. Um, he's a Florida State legacy. That school wasn't mentioned as much when we were speaking. That was a school, if you were to ask people a year ago about Corey Collier's recruitment, Florida State was getting brought up quite a bit, and his, you know, his father played up in Tallahassee. But this school is still making a strong push for him. And uh, as far as his position with Florida, it's kind of interesting. Torian Gray really wants him at cornerback. He said Ron English wants him at safety. So it's kind of a friendly battle between the two assistants as far as where they want to put him. Uh, before it's in a really good spot. I think Clemson might have the slight edge right now, but it's going to be a while before he finalizes his decision, but he'll be in Gainesville this weekend, and that's going to go a long way in his recruitment. I know the staff is going to roll out the red carpet. And then obviously, Corey, when you have camps, you find out a lot of things. You get some answers that you have on these kids, but you also come away with still some questions, and you put two in your latest column. What were the two questions that you came away with from Orlando's camp? Going back to Brashard Smith, is he a wide receiver or is he a running back? I mean, it varies all across the recruiting networks. You know, Florida likes him at running back, but you, you watch his junior film. I mean, other than maybe five or six reps are at running back, the majority of this whole highlight film is at receiver. And like I said, going uh, what I was saying before, I, I prefer him as a slot receiver. I love his reliability in the slot. Very strong hands with a good burst once breaking to the secondary. And I think that's one question that's going to keep being brought up over the next several months. Um, and like I said, running back still would be a good fit, but I, I like him as a natural pass catcher, and that's the big question with him is just where does he, where does he project the best? But, it, you know, as far as Florida's offense, they do a good job. Same with Kadir's, just kind of getting their play, getting the ball in the playmaker's hands. And I think with him, that's a guy you can kind of do, put him in jet sweeps, reverses. You can kind of just let him, put the ball in his hand let him go to work. I and mean, that's what Brayshard Smith is. And as far as the other two questions, I think, goes back to the defensive line, and you see my, the headline for that one is David Turner has a good problem on his hands, and understandably so. I think Ford, they just got Justice Boone in the class. They already have Tyreek Staff and Christopher Thomas. That's three D-line commitments already, but you still got Tamisa Dali at IMG Academy. He's a top 50 player. We just talked about Desmond Watson. You got Bryce Langston, who's a longtime target, and then you also got Leonard Taylor and some other names on the board. So Florida has about five or six defensive linemen that all have the Gators, probably in their top two, top three range, but they're obviously not going to sign all these kids. So that's the question we have right now is who's going to sneak into this class along the D-line? There's a lot of – Keyshawn Silver is another guy, you know, out of North Carolina who's returning to Gainesville this weekend. Florida and North Carolina are two schools that have probably been rumored to be in the best shape for him. You know, David Turner is doing a great job. He's another one to keep an eye on as far as the out-of-state target, but – 
that's the questions we have right now as far as Brayshard Smith. Where is he exactly fit? What where does he project best on offense? And with David Turner, you know, he's a he's a great problem on his hands. But you know, what, which guys are going to speak in this class? And I think this weekend is going to say a lot because four of these names will be in you know be in town for the junior day, and one of them might pop just knowing that there are limited spots available. So those are two things to definitely keep an eye on. And speaking of commitments, Corey, you did put a prediction in your latest column, and anytime that happens, I know Gator Nation gets excited about that. Who was the guy that you came away with on Sunday feeling like the Gators got a good shot at landing him? Yeah, Nick Elkininus. He's a kid who's committed to Penn State. He's a top 15 tight end on Rivals and out of Jacksonville. He's been on Forest campus before, committed to Penn State about six or seven months ago. But when we spoke on Sunday morning, he was talking about, you know, about Florida and the Tim Brewster effect. You know, Brewster's been talking to him every day. And that's made a strong impression on him. And he said his history speaks for itself. He hasn't met Brewster yet, but he's been very intrigued by those conversations. And Dan Mullen is also speaking with him, you know, every day or two. So when I talked to him about Penn State, so we talked about the Gators. And when I asked him about the Penn State, he basically said, you know, yeah, I like Penn State. I like the tight ends coach. But, you know, we're about seven months out from that commitment. And sometimes you got to take a step back and reevaluate everything. And he goes, and then he ended it with, that's all I'm going to say about that. So I was like, well, you know, that didn't sound too promising for Penn State. You know, you fast forward three hours later, he decommits from the Nittany Lions. And, you know, all along, Florida's kind of been mentioned in that group for him as, like, probably like a plan B school. You know, they just got Gage Wilcox in the class. But the plan is to sign two tight ends in this class. And Nick is one of those guys who's near the, near the very top of that wish list. And, you know, a perfect fit, six foot six, 230 pounds, fairly fluid, more of a pass catcher at this stage but one who could definitely flourish in that system. And a good compliment to Gage Wilcox. They're definitely two different type of players. But, yeah, once he decommitted, you know, right after the end of that camp, you know, all eyes turned to the Gators. And we already submitted rivals future cast predictions for him. He'll be in Gainesville, too, this weekend. So we have right now close to 40 guys confirmed. About well over a dozen are four-star four prospects or higher. With uh, Nick, you know, he's, he's a three-star right now, but I think, his potential and his upside is very high. He's a guy who can definitely see being a four-star prospect before it's all said and done. But he's the guy right now. I think all eyes are on the Gators. And, you know, Florida's expecting Tim Brewster to seal this one. He'll seal the deal sooner than later. And I, and I think, too, with that, going back to other schools with him, Ohio State's a school that's still recruiting him. There's some other SEC schools. You know, Auburn's one he mentioned. But no other business are scheduled other than Florida. And then he also ended with the Swamp, man. He said it's the best atmosphere in college football. So, a lot of favorable things for Florida. The coaching staff's doing a good job, and, you know, it's only 90 minutes from home. So I think Florida checked off a lot of boxes there. and It's understandable why, you know, they have a lot of future cast predictions submitted. We're speaking with Corey Bender from GatorsTerritory.com. Found a couple of things for you, Corey. You mentioned Tim Brewster. I do want to ask you about him before you touch uh-huh. on junior day. With the recruits that you've spoke to over the last couple of weeks, certainly all the stories that you've seen out there since he started recruiting for the Gators, can you speak to the Tim Brewster effect and how he's already kind of had an impact on Florida recruiting? I just think, too, I think there's a few things. He's a, he's a pretty genuine guy. I mean, you watch him, he's a bubbly guy, man. He's always smiling. He really relates to the kids. Really, uh, I just connect. He's a, he's a people person. He connects with people very well. But he's also aggressive, man. I mean, he's one guy as far as – so I've talked to probably five to ten tight ends between the 2021 and 2022 classes – and it's just every morning just saying that good morning message, just saying, you know, it's a great day to be a Gator, just constantly checking up on them. But each one of them has said, hey, I talk to Coach Brewster nearly every day. It's other things other than football, too. A lot of other kids have been saying, you know, the first thing he asked me is, how's my parents? 
um, you know, as far as telling him not even about Florida, where, the, where those kids fit in the offense, but, hey, this is the city of Gainesville. Here are some of the academic programs we have. He's touching on a lot of different things other than football, along with being a genuine dude who really just connects with people. I think it's simple as that. You know, some people that are just really good recruiters just based off the type of person they are and how they can connect with people. And, and that's the type of guy Brewster is, like I said, and that's been his reputation for the last several years. He's always been known as that ace recruiter, a guy can come in and seal the deal. And right now, you know, Zach Evans, obviously in Texas, he's the he's, he's the one big prize out there for the 2020 class, and he'll be in town here in a couple weekends for his official visit. And Tim Brewster, he's only, he's only been on the staff for about a month, and now he's a lead recruiter for Evans. And ever since he came out, there's been a whole lot of buzz there. So his reputation speaks for itself. And a lot of these kids, like I said, it's the consistency and then obviously hitting on other stuff, you know, other than football and just being a people's person. And I think he's a guy, as far as a recruiter, he's kind of that total package. And Larry Scott, he's another great recruiter. So I think when Larry left, I was kind of thinking, man, you know, that's a kind of a decent void to fill. You know what I mean? I've always thought very highly of him, and I was, wasn't surprised whatsoever when he got a head coaching job. But then when you add Brewster to the mix, you're not really losing much of a step. You know what I mean? You're almost taking a step forward. Um, with him, because like I said, he's known as one of the top recruiters in the country. And being at Florida, like I said, I know he obviously, with Matt Brown, he had a strong connection with him, and North Carolina is a great program. But I think with Tim, he knew going to Florida, it would elevate him more into that national conversation. Florida's a big job, and obviously he's a big role to fill, and I think it was a perfect fit for both parties, and obviously he's paying off already. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you're not going to be able to attract the recruits to North Carolina that you can to Florida. And even Tim Brewster knows that. So there's another one. I mean, when he signed North Carolina, I mean, he officially visited Florida, the four-star D tackle out of Armwood. And that was his lead recruiter. And Brewster was a big reason why that, you know, North Carolina, uh, North Carolina held off Florida during the home stretch. So he was just heavily involved in Lincoln, Florida, not so long ago. Yeah, no doubt. And you mentioned junior day several times during our conversation. Final thing for you, Corey, just, can you speak to how big of a weekend this will be for Florida? You don't have to run down all the guys. I know you mentioned there's 40-plus that are making their way to Gainesville, but maybe one or two of the big names that are expected in town and just how crucial this weekend is to the 2021 class. Yeah, absolutely. So you'll have the number one outside linebacker in the country on campus, Terrence Lewis. you got the number one safety in Corey Collier, five-star offensive tackle in Marius Mims, and Honestly, all the Palmetto kids, so you have all those top targets in town. So I think with Florida, it's obviously a massive. Right now, there are a top three teams in the Rivals rankings, and we, have, we put out a lot of future pieces here at Rivals. And of all that, we always, we've been saying all along that Florida is the school in the Sunshine State that's buzzing the most with a lot of these kids. And you compare this senior day list to a lot of these other schools in Florida, and it's really not even comparable at this point. I mean, I think with Florida, we're talking about before, there's not many spots left. The D-line's filling up. I know wide receivers are being obviously a little bit more picky as well. I think you could see a little bit more movement, especially this weekend, knowing when guys come in town, they're going to have those conversations with the staff. So I think talking about how significant this weekend is, I think it's going to be huge because I think it's going to, I'm not going to say force some prospects to make a decision, but I think you're going to start seeing a better layout of how this class is really going to look um, and really going to see who's going to be in this class and who's not. And obviously right now we have over well over a dozen rivals, 250 kids that are expected on campus and, you know, Dan Mullen, like I said, it's a good problem to have. There's so many of these kids have Florida, at least in their top two, top three, and you already have a top three class as it is. So I think this is the one class. The 2020 class was special. You had guys like Wingo and Dexter in it. But I think from top to bottom, I think the 2021 class is probably going to be a little bit better just based off how many blue-chip prospects are in the class and just really filling all needs. And 
top to bottom, it's going to be a more impressive class than the last one, just based off where we're at right now heading into the spring. Well, Corey, you are always a wealth of knowledge. Thank you so much for joining us once again, giving us all the perspective on Florida recruiting, everything you kind of found out this weekend. And let everybody know where they can follow you on Twitter and definitely all the stuff that they can check out at GatorsTerritory.com. Yeah, as far as our website, it's as simple as that, www.gatorsterritory.com, or you can do florida.rivals.com. Yeah, so my Twitter handle right now is just Corey, C-O-R-E-Y, and then underscore, then Bender, B-E-N-D-E-R. And then, obviously, Gators Territory, that's our Twitter handle, uh, obviously, for the team site. So, yeah, there's many ways to track us on social media. We have Jackie Franchuli on board as well, Joshua Pacing. So, we have a whole crew, obviously, providing, uh, you know, forward content from the, from the beat and on the recruiting trail. So, you'll follow along. And, obviously, we're running some good promos here in the coming weeks as well. So, definitely stay tuned. Appreciate Corey for his time and perspective, and that'll do it for the latest edition of Locked on Gators. On tomorrow's show, we'll get some comments from Florida coach Mike White and the players as they recap Saturday's loss at Tennessee and discuss their upcoming matchup at Georgia. Make sure you stay tuned to Locked on Gators, your team every day.